I left my failing business that resulted in thousands of dollars of debt and almost killed my passion for entrepreneurship to set out on a journey to build a business I could enjoy doing the rest of my life. I went all in to learn a new skill and found myself in the world of funnel marketing. Now I get to talk to entrepreneurs who are creating mass movements and empowering others. I don't know how I'll do it yet, but I know I want to join them. Follow me on my journey as I speak with top entrepreneurs to learn the strategies they are using to build their movements and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Susan Leonardson, and this is Amplify Your Impact. Hey everyone, this is part two of my interview with Maria Fuller. If you missed part one, go back and listen to the last episode where she talked about her business, where she is helping empower young girls through her app that she created. And on this episode, she talks about how she, she talks about how she came up with the idea and how she's created her business. Let's switch gears over to your business side of things. You have done so many different things. You went to college, you got in the medical field, and you jumped to photography. Now you're doing raisingapowerfulgirl.com and empowered girl movement. And it's just, you've gone through so many different things. And I feel like you have probably a lot to share for people that might be in the same situation where they're just trying to figure out what do I want to do? What is my purpose? Um, what helped you specifically, like when you made the jump from photography into the, um, world of, of helping these young girls, what like logistical steps did you take? I know that you, you already said you wanted to like help people. You felt this drive to help. Um, what, what steps did you take to actually make it happen? Yeah. So you know, the first thing I think was um, I had to take a big leap of faith and really push past a ton, ton, ton of fear. Um, and it was a life-changing decision to shut down a, a multi-six-figure company and say, I'm going to create something new that's never been done before that I have absolutely no experience in um, and, and just do it. But I think the big thing was, is that it was passion-driven and that's passion and purpose driven. And that's, I think what is so important is that when you're starting a business and entrepreneurship is not easy at all, there are way more crappy, sucky, dark days and moments than there are joyous ones, especially in the beginning. And any, anybody will tell you that from people running multi-six, you know, multi-million dollar companies will tell you that, that there's a lot more junk that you go through, but it's that, that passion that drive, that purpose that you have to do something of service to others. And everything is service-based. Um, so before you even like jump into, if you're in that beginning stage into like, well, what do I want this to look like? And, and how am I going to do it? Think about what the problem is that you're trying to solve and how to best solve that problem. And um, how knowing your client avatar is really important. And so if you've never heard of a client avatar, your client avatar, this is when you can get a little bit magical thinking into your childlike brain. And um, if you're a writer, like writing and storytelling, this is a great way to do it. But you want to you wanna come up with the person that has the problem that you're trying to solve. You know, who is she or who, or who is he? Um, how old they are? What's their name? What do they look like? Where do they shop? What's their problem? How many kids do they have? Like everything. Like you want to like detail out who this person is at their core. That's your client avatar. And then when you look at your client avatar, you say, 
what do they need? What help do they need? And how can I best help them? And how would they best learn? Or, or what support do they need? And then you can create your products and your services off of that. Because so often I see entrepreneurs say, um, you know, they, they're scrambling, they want to make money. We all want to make money to keep the business afloat. And they just start like throwing things together of like this product or this class or, or this. And they're not thinking about if this is really going to serve their client. And, and it really starts with understanding your avatar first and these problems that you're going to solve. Um, for me, I didn't know right away what products I was going to have that was an evolutionary process. What I did know was that I wanted to start creating conversations. That was really important to me. I knew that I needed more education in certain areas and I knew kind of what I was looking for. And I knew we needed to start creating conversations on how to do better for girls. And I knew that I wanted this to be a global movement. I knew it was going to be a global movement and I needed a way for my voice to be amplified. And so for me, that, that all led me to podcasting. And so that's how I launched Raising a Powerful Girl was through the podcast. And we launched our podcast and in less than 18 months had over 100,000 listeners um, internationally. And so that's where I started. And honestly, Raising a Powerful Girl is still in the podcasting, like really just getting global awareness and listenership base. And a year after we launched Raising a Powerful Girl as the podcast, the concept for our online platform for girls came from my own daughter. And so her wanting to be on technology and us being a low-tech household because from you know my research and stuff, it was just not something I wanted her for brain development and stuff. And so she... Um, you know, she's the little girl that I eventually wanted to be working, connecting with. So it was really funny that it came out with her challenging me to create something online that she could use that was healthy, that would meet her need of wanting to be online. It would meet my need as a mom of creating something healthy online for her that was good for mind, body, and spirit. And from that, our app actually developed. And so I think, I don't, I don't think in a million years, I would have ever have thought I would have developed it. And I coded it myself. It was actually originally designed and coded for the App Store and Google, Google Play, and I submitted it. Um, it came back with two bugs, which I could have fixed, but then I also came back with, um, hadn't done a lot of research into Apple's agreements with, with uh, the monetization of it and just didn't sit well with me with how much um, they take a 30% overhead. Uh, they do no advertising for you and they hold your money up to 120 days. And it's just like, you know, this just doesn't feel good to me. And I also wanted it to be a platform that eventually could be very inclusive for children. So for a girl that is of a lower socioeconomic uh, background that doesn't have a tablet or iPad at home, I wanted her to be able to use it for free at a library. So I pulled the software and basically threw it out. I had an eight hour meltdown of crying and sobbing and um, very long self-care bubble bath. <laughs> Got back on the horse and was like, let's do this again um, and redeveloped it. But I think what's important is that you don't have to always have the end goal in mind of what things are going to look like. And I think that it's okay to start small and play with things and see what comes of things um, and what your audience tells you they want. Um, 
and then kind of go with it. And so now it's like evolving even more because now parents are talking about technology and, and how to handle technology with their children. So now we add it to our girls platform on online digital state citizens safety course. Um, so we're teaching girls how to use technology and social media and, and in a healthy way and, and raising a powerful girl is launching their first product actually um, late uh, this fall, which is um, a course for parents on how to navigate the digital landscape with their children. And that's come from two years of hearing from parents, like this is one of their biggest challenges and us connecting with professionals and talking about this constantly, you know, hundreds of conversations. And so knowing that sometimes it takes, sometimes you're not going to have a monetized product right away. That's part of the journey and, and understanding that you don't always have to jump into it, that it's important to be creating an audience and seeing what they want and connecting with them because what you think they might want might not be actually what they want. Um, and that's a hard lesson to learn. And I've, and I've, I've been there as well. <laughs> I think, I think a lot of us have been there. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of wasted time and money sometimes. <laughs> I don't think it's ever wasted time and money though, because I've had a lot of things that have failed um, at launch at, at launch. And um, it's every single thing that I've done, I've learned something. So maybe, you know, the first time when we launched Raising a Powerful Girl, I actually tried launching a membership community for parents in it and it completely flopped. But all of that time I spent learning how to set up that technology actually led me to creating our girls app. And I was able to do it really, really fast because I had done it once before. So it's not a failed opportunity. It was a pivoting moment and it's all useful. It may not be successful in the terms of what you determine success to look like, but if it's happening to you, it's going to happen to you. It's happening for a reason. You will learn you will learn why or you will use those skills later on. So if, if you're sitting here and you're like, nothing is working for me, it's not monetizing, I think it's going to go under, I've wasted all this time, you have not wasted time. You've learned a lot of valuable skills and lessons and you've pivoted a lot and that's what entrepreneurship looks like. It's like trying a lot of different things and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and pivoting until it finally clicks and then it'll click and then the magic happens. And then we tend to like forget about all of that journey, right? And nobody celebrates it or talks about it. And all of a sudden you just have this like magical celebratory moment, but it, it's all there for purpose. Yeah. It's all definitely having the attitude of learning from every experience you're doing is so powerful because that is part of the journey. Um, but yes, it is always a good thing to make sure you're making something that people want. <laughs> yes, yes. And if you can, you know, if you have the ability to go out and do that market research. Um, I do have two questions. One is, I know that there's a lot of parents that are going to be listening that are going to want to learn more about the um, Empowered Girl app. What are, what would you say like the age range is for girls for using that app? Yep. So it's geared for girls seven to 16 years of age. Uh, we don't dive into any um, heavy teen topics. We do, we do touch on um, girls' health issues. So we have an amazing holistic doctor that is coming on board later this fall. Where we're going to do a little bit of talks about like understanding your body. So we will be talking about periods. Um, we believe that it's very normal for girls to grow up knowing what menstrual cycles are in a healthy way and uh, learning to 
um, really connect with their bodies in terms of like nutrition and body function um, in order it actually helps to increase confidence when girls like are comfortable in their bodies and how their bodies work it increases confidence so if you're a parent that um, is not comfortable with your seven-year-old like knowing what a period is without it even talking about sexuality because um, menstrual cycles and sexuality, you know, sexuality is a part of menstrual cycle health, but it's not all of it. Like we don't bring that in. Um, then maybe it's not for you. But if you're a parent that is like, okay, yeah, I'm cool with her knowing that like girls get periods and like, you know, knowing about like drinking water and like keeping track of like how often you go to the bathroom, you know, and that maybe that's why you have a belly ache this days, or maybe you need to eat more fiber. It's really about like learning to like harness your health. Um, but we don't go into like any heavier topics. We don't dive into sex or anything like that um, or difficult relationships. Um, they need to be able to most likely read. My five, five-year-old uses components of the app. Um, so there's coloring pages on there with powerful statements. Um, she likes to actually watch the interviews. We have interviews there where we've interviewed some really amazing girls and women that have overcome challenges. Um, she really enjoys the interviews and learning about girls all over the world that have gone through things. So that's pretty awesome. But to like independently use it, usually seven-year-olds we find, um, to be where they can start doing it. Most of our users, I think are between eight and 14 of age. Okay. That's super good to know. So all of the content and all of the different, um, things to do on the app are available to every user. It's not like blocked off according to age or do parents have control over what their child sees? Like, like your daughter who's five, you just kind of monitor, like you can use this right now. And like, you just kind of monitor what she's looking at. There's nothing in there that's not okay for her to see. So she'll be fine with it. Um, it's only, it's one-way communication. There's no chat feature in there. The girls cannot communicate with any other user that's in there. It's one-way communication. Um, you know, the videos are privately hosted um, and they're inside of the app and um, they can't, the only way they can, they could send us a message back via email if they're on our email list, but we usually have the parents sign up under their email address um, and they go in and they monitor everything, but it's super simple and fun. There's like quizzes in there on, you know, what book should you read next based on like your personality and stuff. There's nothing in there that my five-year-old, that I would not be comfortable with my five-year-old seeing. So it's, it's G rated just there are some families i just say the thing about like the periods because there are some families out there that like just keep that um as like not a topic until girls become of age now if you are one of those parents i suggest you head over to raising a powerful girl and listen to our podcast about why it's important to actually start having those conversations at a younger age um but i'm not gonna you know i like to be transparent about that that's the only thing i could see someone saying like ooh, you know if you if you haven't crossed that line yet of, you know, being fully body empowered. I love that. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm, I will go check that out for my own daughter. I think she'd really enjoy that. She's all, in, she's into learning all that kind of stuff and absorbing as much information as she can. Um, my other question, um, switching gears a little bit again, is that I've noticed while you've been talking with us today that you are really good um, at going and, and learning the skills that you've needed to learn to get the job done, like to, to accomplish your goals. Um, is that just something that comes naturally to you or have you just, is that something you've had to work on yourself? Is it a struggle you've had to overcome? 
Um, I don't think it came naturally to me. I'll tell you this, when you become an entrepreneur, you are scrappy in the beginning. I've never had funding. I haven't had a lot of money to put in to this, raising a powerful girl. Both, both companies are still pretty much, they're run by me. I do get assistance every once in a while, little things, but, um, you know, I didn't want to take out loans or shell out money to hire people. Um, and so I figured like, why can't I learn it by myself? You know, we're in this age of technology where you can get onto YouTube or Google and pretty much Google anything. I mean, the day Alexa challenged me to do the app after I had my like freaky Friday moment where like we switched bodies and I like totally rolled my eyes and temper tantrumed on like why I couldn't do it. And I like came back to myself. I was like, okay, I literally sat down at Google and I was like, how do I build an app? And I just started researching and Googling and then like figured it out. And it's, it's, it can be done. It's not that hard. I mean, even, even coming up with like graphics today, if you didn't know how to use Photoshop, which I had learned from being a photographer, like get on Canva. It's not hard to come up with a cool graphic by yourself. Like we're really at this age where there's so much awesome technology at our fingertips. That's really easy. Even creating an app isn't all about coding these days. There's a ton of platforms out there that look WordPress or WordPress base that are drag and drop systems to create an app. So don't think, don't think in your head. Like, I think we have, we all have this idea of like, okay, I'm going to build an app. And you're like, oh my God, I can't do this. This is crazy. Like I did this. Okay. Like Maria did this. And like, you make it to be this like huge, big thing instead of just sitting down and it's like, well, let me just see if I can try. And don't we want all of our kids to do that? Like, just try. Instead of saying, no, I can't do that. Just try. Just try it at first. Go ahead and try it. You don't know how to, you want to launch a podcast? You don't know how? Try. Find a group on Facebook about podcasting. Join it. Ask some good questions. Use Google. Use YouTube. And try it. And let go of perfectionism. And that's what I've done. So like my podcast is a very natural podcast. I don't do heavy editing in there. If there's ums, like, hello, like I'm working on learning to not say ums as much. And when I re-listen to my podcast episode, which I do, and I hear myself saying ums a lot and I cringe a little bit, I know for the next time that I'm going to work on it. Uh, but my audience, it doesn't, doesn't bother them. You know, I still get rave reviews. So don't think it has to look like this perfect cookie cutter thing. You're making it bigger in your mind than it needs to be. Done is better than not done. And for so many of us, we sit and we don't do it because we don't have the money or the resources to do it. And because we're scared of of putting something out that's not perfect. I'd rather see you put something out that needs improvement than you sit and and not put it out. And, and you are missing out on the opportunity of helping someone that's out there waiting for you to do what you're here to do. I love that. And it, it's, there's a power in being able to do something imperfectly as well in that it actually can benefit you because it it makes you more um, approachable and more relatable because when you're putting out these perfectly polished things, it makes your audience that you may be trying to attract be like, Oh, I could never, like, I could never afford her. Look at, she's so professional or, Oh, I could never do what she's doing because I'm not at that skill level. Like there's power in starting with the imperfect stuff because they can look and see like, Oh, like she's just like a step ahead of me. All I got to do is go learn how to record something. And then I could be posting this crappy video online like she's doing, you know? So like there, if you're waiting for 
the, the, like the polished skills that you think you need, like don't do it, just do it imperfectly and embrace the, the, um, part of you that is not polished and not super skillful. And, and like Maria said, go find YouTube videos and Google it and just go figure out how to do it on your own. If money is an issue, if it's holding you back. So I love that so much, Maria. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah. You know, I think the big thing is, especially for women entrepreneurs out there, I, I, part of my mission is, you know, as women, we've always been pitted against each other. Society pits women against each other. And it took me a really long time, especially when I was a photographer. And there was a lot of amazing photographers in the world. And I, I really shied away from establishing like relationships with um, other photographers for a long time because I would compare my work and I'm not good enough or I'm not as good as them or why would they want to talk to me and all of this stuff. And I was very lucky to find a group of women that that had very different styles and came together and supported each other. And that's when I started to see like the magic and partnership and working with women. And I will say that raising a powerful girl will not, would not have gotten as far as it's gotten. And um, I probably would have shut down and quit much sooner if I didn't cultivate a community of amazing individuals, women and men to support me on this journey. And entrepreneurship is really, really difficult. It's lonely. It's isolating. There's all, you know, a lot of rocky moments and and I'm being vulnerable out here and, and like truthful with this. And I don't want to discourage someone to becoming an entrepreneur, but I want you to understand like, this is not easy. It's hard. And there are still days for me where I'm like, I, I, maybe I should just give up, but I've, I have, my saying is I will never give up on a bad day. So if I ever decide to shut down, it will, it will only be on a good day that I make that decision, (laughs) but it's important to create relationships with other people in business in your niche. So I keep going (laughs) of your niche industry because what's really cool is that when you can like collaborate and talk together about like problems, so many like marketing ideas, you know, that, that a dry cleaner used could be applied to a photographer or to a VA and, and knowing that you're not alone in the journey, knowing that, you know, I know that I have, you know, five women that right now, if I had a problem, I could speed dial and say, Hey, can you pop on a zoom call with me right now? Like help me figure this out. I can't figure it out. They'd be like, absolutely hundred percent. They'll drop anything and do that. And I will do the same for them. And when you do that, um, you, it, it's critical for your, for your success. So, um, we all struggle with things. There are no perfect businesses. I've seen the behind the scenes of multi-million dollar companies. And let me tell you, most of us small businesses have our ish together, much more than them. Um, you know, appearances are, are deceiving. Uh, create your community. Find your tribe. Do it. If it's one person you start with, that's fine and it'll grow and that will help your business grow because then you learn to collaborate together on projects which are successful and multi-beneficial for both and and you learn from each other and you support each other and that's what we want our girls to see is all of these people supporting each other and working together and that's how we model powerful behavior to them as well so even if you aren't a mom to a girl by being a woman and supporting another woman in business and working with her you are helping our future generation of girls by doing that last question what are you working toward right now so right now um our digital citizenship course for girls has launched and I'm working on our parent one and I'm working on a book for girls right now. And it's probably going to take a, 
I don't know how long it's going to take. It's going to take longer than, than I originally thought, but I wanted to create a visual um, and written book for girls where they could pick up the, the book and they could find themselves in another girl's story. But I also wanted it to be a book that was really diverse and inclusive so that girls learn from each other. So girls that um, have been bullied, girls that have um, overcome medical issues, uh, girls that have an extra chromosome, girls that maybe have a limb difference. Um, I wanted it to be a book that helps to teach tolerance, and uh, I want girls to know that they are not alone, that they can you know, look and see that this girl also struggles with math or um, has struggles with peers or was bullied or has type 2 diabetes, and this other girl can read it and say, I have that too. I'm not alone. I'm not isolated, um, and it'd be something that brings her joy. So I'm photographing um, some awesome, awesome girls and interviewing them for that, and hopefully that'll be out um, maybe 2020 at some point. Awesome. I can't wait. Thank you so much for joining us, Maria. Guys, you can go find more about Maria and her, her movement in empowering girls. You can find her at raisingapowerfulgirl.com, empoweredgirlmovement.com, and her app can be found at empoweredgirlapp.com. So you can go check out all those. Maria, is there anywhere else people can find you that we need to know about? Sure. They can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Raising a Powerful Girl. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amplify Your Impact. If you're loving what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review to help others like you discover the show. Do you have a course or info product that you're trying to get out into the world and make an impact, but you're struggling to figure out how to do that? I know that it can be hard and that's why I want to get on a free call with you. So you can tell me your goals, what you're trying to accomplish, what message you're trying to get out there into the world and see if I can help you come up with a plan and really figure out how to sell what you have to offer to truly amplify your impact and empower others. To jump on that call with me, go to susanleonardson.com forward slash discover.